0: hello everyone looks like we got quite a few oh we got quite a few folks here a couple hundred already that's great to see welcome to secrets of saturn on this week we are going to be discussing the document silent weapons for quiet wars joining me is wayne mccroy crow triple seven and the great baldini before we get started though i'm going to do our sponsorship from randy from houston with lower the friction Did you know that 85% of your engine wear occurs at startup? Yes, that is correct. And this is where lower the friction comes in by putting a protective lubricating barrier on all moving parts. This now gives you full-time protection to make your engine last longer, run smoother, give you better performance and improve fuel economy. People across the country are reporting some very exciting results. Go to lowerthefriction.com, place your order, and enter in promo code SOS to get 5% off of your order. That's lowerthefriction.com. Alrighty, and remember, if you use the product, we would love to hear from you and about your results. So anyway... All right, gentlemen, we welcome to. Are we ready to get into this document?
1: I think we're ready. Let's do a little roll call here first. Gravy Jesus.
2: Present. <laughs> Gravy Jesus. Bird. <laughs> bird Guy.
3: And Holy Crow. <laughs> and bird That's Guy, a,
1: Shiny Melon. Uh, uh, I'm good?
3: going to bed, man. I can't hang out with you guys anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: uh. Oh heavens! All right,
2: gravy phasers yeah. on stun. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't know Get with this document. Ready. I think we're going for level ten
2: here. Oh uh, yeah, it's on. It's on kill tonight. This thing's this. I,
0: you know, I'd only looked at parts of this, and I finally went through the whole thing today. I'm just like, oh, this is what's going on right now. Uh.
2: You've not read it in its entirety before, Jason. I, ha- I
0: hadn't. Well, I'd listened to people discuss it and break it down. Uh, Bill Cooper no one, did a good job of no it. No you've but...
3: been
2: so happy.
0: No,
3: we we <laughs> took. I know, I know, Jason. We took excerpts a couple times. That's how I remembered that we'd read it because we took stuff out of that for other shows.
0: Yeah, I, like that's what I'm saying. Like I was familiar with it. I just hadn't gone through the thing like beginning to end. So I found a narration of it. So like while I was driving
3: around earlier, I can listen to it and just try and absorb it. You could have a better time watching the movie Saw Six.
0: I don't know what everybody's <laughs> yeah. talking about. Is there something uh, playing in the background that I'm completely and utterly awa- unaware of? Um, I, don't know. I don't know. I'm seeing things in the chat room. Is there stuff playing besides us talking? Because there's nothing on on my my board here. <laughs>
2: I don't know, we got requests, we got some Skinner
0: Freebird Yeah man, I mean uh, I mean, I can grab the acoustic But I don't think that's why everybody's here if
3: I leave here tomorrow Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Guess, Mr. Wayne McCroy yeah, That'll get you censored, let's just do Freebird to heaven Wait, Wayne. <laughs> Hey Wayne, what'd you do with the money? The money?
2: The money your mom gave you for singing lessons
3: Oh Oh yeah maybe oh. <laughs> no, Jesus I feels bad for you for- you blew it, Wayne. You should have said I spent it all on hair treatment. You dropped the ball there. <laughs> mm. Oh, Come Hey, man, They <laughs>
1: had a lot of hair back in the day, so...
3: He
2: yeah. teed you up, man. He teed you <laughs> up. Hey, When I start hawking hair care products, you know it's going to get serious. <laughs> all right, guys, are we talking about <laughs> yeah, something no. here, or is this no. like... Man, we got to have some levity, Crow, because this is, this is some serious poop here. Yeah, we're about Wait, to start
0: getting sure. into some serious stuff here. So... I'll do a quick explanation. Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars is a document that supposedly came from inside sources and that was found left on a copy machine uh, back in the 80s. Supposedly, this document is from 1979. The beginning reads as thus. Operations Research Technical Manual. Welcome aboard. This publication marks the 25th anniversary of the Third World War, called The Quiet War, being conducted using subjective biological warfare fought with silent weapons. This book contains an introductory descriptions of this war, its strategies, and its weaponry. And the predominance of this, to give everyone a, a point of view to look at, is social engineering on many, many levels think that's a that's a fair way to start this gentlemen and you yeah, want to talk to you
2: yeah
1: wayne crow anybody okay well Wayne, hey, we could start uh, you know just breaking this down uh if you look well, let's go right to the first paragraph here it is patently impossible to discuss social engineering or the automation of a society i.e the engineering of social automation systems Silent weapons, in parentheses it says, on a national or worldwide scale without implying extensive objectives of social control and destruction of human life, i.e. slavery and genocide. And I think that kind of says it all in that first sentence right there, doesn't
2: it? Yeah, just catch to the chase. Um. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'll just con- continue the next line. we this just going to pass off here. This would be like, uh, yeah, uh, be like be like CSI or something. which is going to expository, expository. But uh, the manual is in itself an analog declaration of intent. Boom, uh, boom. Uh, such a writing must be secured from public scrutiny; otherwise, it might be recognized as a technically formal declaration of domestic war. Furthermore, when any person or group of or group of persons in a position of great power and without full knowledge and consent of the public uses such knowledge and methodologies for economic conquest, it must be understood that a state of domestic warfare exists between said person or group of persons and the public. And I think that is um, uh, fairly directly stated. Um, <laughs> couldn't be more clear.
3: Is, uh, is that when we got the gold fl- fringe flag? Was that the first? You know,
2: <laughs> no, that, that goes way spent? back.
3: I'm making a joke here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, thanks, I Learning think... to Fly, and uh, Rachel New York Truth wants
0: more F-bombs, please, Crow. Apparently, you amused a lot of people with your little slip. All right,
3: here we there. go. I'll give her one. Fugazi. <laughs> huh? Oh, no. Focanelli, eh?
1: Anthony <laughs> <to me>, Fauci.
2: <laughs> Focacta. <laughs> Bless you. Forget about it.
0: So, right. <laughs> continuing on with this, the solution of today's problems requires an approach which is ruthlessly candid with no agonizing over religious, moral, or cultural values. You have qualified for this project because of your ability to look at human society with cold objectivity and yet analyze and discuss your observations and conclusions with others of similar intellectual capacity without the loss of discretion or humility. Such virtues are exercised in your own best interest. Do not deviate from them, so this thing starts off with a great big hug.
2: yeah. yeah. Um, the the analogies, uh, well, again, so uh, did you clarify that um this was supposed to have come off uh, a copy machine? <laughs> Right. Uh, that's where where it came from, uh, apparently, is that uh, the vast majority of it anyway came from a copy machine that was sold at surplus, uh, an IBM copier that came from government surplus. And um, I will say that the uh, the premise of that is um, fully that, – that's really well within the bounds of probability or at least capability. Um, the way that those machines work in the day, there's a drum inside them that uh, – that, you could pull up to ten thousand pages of it, based on the way that the toner and the film worked. So, um, so from that time period, it's uh, highly plausible uh, that that's a that's a, um, a legitimate and uh, document.
0: Well, if this is a fabrication, somebody knew what the hell they were talking about. If it, to fabricate it.
2: Absolutely, and and one of the things that we were talking about uh, before the show is that uh, its analogies, and we'll we'll go through some of these uh, that it draws with electrical circuitry, uh, and using electrical circuitry as an uh, and as an analog for uh, logistics in terms of societal control is one-to-one and absolutely viable. So uh, even if it were uh, a fabricated um, document, uh, all of the material contained within is absolutely plausible, and, and moreover, uh, much the same way that we see in the Protocols of the Elder, Elders of Zion, which has largely been discredited, yet we see these one-to-one throughout history, That uh, and certainly this is a much closer proximity to us in timeline, uh, supposedly began in the late 1940s following uh, post-World War II, and that's where these ideas came from, but we can see every single one of these things having manifested itself, at least in Western society since.
3: You know, there's a there's a point I would make on the Taylor analog observation. Have you guys seen this uh, clip where uh, I hate to use the word millennials, but young people who have only known the digital age, they're given a rotary phone <laughs> and they're given four yeah. minutes to dial the number. They know have no idea what to do with it. <laughs> well, it's that normally, you know, you look <laughs> at that, great. you laugh. But this this is what dawned on me, and this is the scary part about what you just said about the analog and the circuit. The people who've grown up that never knew the analog age don't have the mechanical mindset that we that were there did. As an example, they didn't know to pick up the phone because you have to complete a circuit of some sort before anything analog works. So in their minds, they're messing with the dial thinking, oh, there's memory. <laughs> you see what I'm getting at here? Um, they don't have the analog mechanical knowledge to understand how all that stuff works. And so in a way, they're going to be oblivious to certain forms of programming because of that lack of knowledge. And that's clearly spelled out within this.
2: Uh, and one of the one of the uh, uh, items that they, they clearly point out is keeping um, the e- education system uh yeah, complete mess. So that uh, young people, even if they are bright enough, uh, they have such a poor education uh, that they can't figure it out. And again, when you see some of the elements within this document, if you're not familiar with it, th- this is one of those things that, for me, I find it—it's—it's you know, kind of hard to, to recommend because it, it is. It's, it' it'll shake you up if you're not familiar with it and it is certainly not a, a happy fluffy bunny um, h- hug a unicorn kind of thing but it no. does, it is a real eye opener and again if you're unfamiliar with it uh, it, it is something that is definitely must reading um, for for people to see uh, the scope uh, of what is uh, what is happening
1: right and this whole document is nothing but a uh, a nuts and bolts kind of uh, manual for how this stuff works how to achieve these different aims the different methods that they use uh they even have algorithms in this document it even got all the algorithms shown how they figure this stuff out and this is based primarily on energy science and that's uh the correlation that they make here—they compare exactly. everything to energy science and say that mathematics is the primary energy science—and they equate all this stuff one to one with electrical current and how that works. And they apply it to economic factors and social control factors. Sure. So this is what they're doing. This is the control system. They have algorithms for this stuff, and this, uh, this, you know, a document outlines exactly how this stuff works in a nuts and bolts kind of way and how how it's you know these silent weapons quote unquote are used against society or the masses and the effects that they look to achieve with it and it's also just as it says right in the document document itself it says it's an analog declaration of intent now yeah a full disclosure behind this document uh, a gentleman came out in 2003 his name's hartford van dyke and he claimed authorship of this document now he didn't say that this is fake In fact, he said quite the opposite. He said, this is all very real stuff. And uh, all I could find out about this guy is he worked for the government. Uh, At the time he did this interview, he was in a federal prison for something related to a federal government crime or something like that. And, uh, you know, he had also written some other things that were very eye-opening. One of them, I think, is called Skeletons in Uncle Sam's Closet or something like that. That talks about uh, how uh, the uh administration uh in 1941 had foreknowledge of the pearl harbor attack and how that was all uh, Pro- proven
3: you know. now that's that's really yeah pretty much kind of
1: absolutely yeah. but he's also the author of that document as well that book uh, I i forget the exact title of it it's something like skeletons in uncle sam's closet or something people could look that one up too so who but, is this uh, guy supposed to
0: be because it sounds like he really knew what he was doing
3: Probably I someone know. who the, was, the government probably got nervous after they read his document and they wanted to use it and realized he could overthrow them. So they <laughs> throw him in the clink.
2: Colonel clink. Um, Yeah, if you don't mind, I'll um, just add its own historical introduction here, at least part of it, and we can go on from there. The historical um, context here is that – and this is from the document – silent weapon technology has evolved from operations research, a strategic and and tactical methodology developed under the military management in England during World War II. The original purpose of operations research was to study the strategic and tactical problems of air and land defense with the objective of effective use of limited military resources against foreign enemies – logistics essentially Uh, it was soon recognized that those in positions of power uh, that the same methods might be used for totally controlling a society but better tools were necessary Hold right there
0: because right there this is exactly exactly. exactly. everything that was already building up with people like Bernays they were seeing how things that were done in the beginning of the 20th century uh, World War One and Bernays techniques kind of things they took that and saw said hey look what we can do so anyway what is the no, next exactly. what does the next paragraph start with? Something the Crow and I have discussed a zillion times.
2: Go ahead if you want to keep reading. You've heard the term before, social engineering, uh, the analysis and automation of a society. And again, this is using a cybernetic feedback loop, requires the correlation in great amounts of constantly changing economic information or data. Now we would call that metadata. So a high-speed computerized data processing system was necessary, which could race ahead of the society and predict where society would arrive for capitulation. Uh, again, we'll just uh, bookmark here and say, uh, again, this is a conversation that, uh, I, again, I had with uh, Crow and Jason uh, on secret uh, or on uh, Crow 777 radio, episodes 154 and 156 about data collection and what they do with it, uh, creating um, simulation models. And this is exactly what we're talking about here, except for, again, this was dated in 1976, but uh, the, the original premise came in 1948. Uh, relay computers were too slow, but the electronic computer, invented in 1946 by J. Presper Eckert and John W. Mockley filled the bill. Uh, We're back to the document here. The next breakthrough was the development of the simplex method of linear programming in 1947 by mathematician George Danzig. In 1948, the transistor, invented by Bardeen, Britton, and Shockley, promised great expansion of the computer field by reducing space and power requirements. And again, remember that up until this time, uh, they were using uh, either mechanical uh, systems with uh, mechanical relays or uh, they began to use vacuum tubes. It wasn't until the transistor uh, that they could really get processing power going. And if you want to see just
0: how really early computers were, the movie starring Benedict Cumberbatch about uh, the computer that they invented to... Turing, right? I'm sorry? Turing. Yes. Yeah, the, the, he played Turing, but the computer that they invented at, at the Institute in England to crack the Enigma code, you can see just what they were working with, which wasn't a whole hell of a lot. And it sure. was huge. It was taking up a giant wall in a warehouse. So, but keeping
2: in mind that the that the earliest computers, which were physical mechanical computers, were actually done uh, in the they had working models in the uh, mid eighteen hundreds, and a, a couple of uh, I you know written um, prognosis for them in the late seventeen hundreds, where uh, they didn't really have the tooling to do it, but somebody had written up how to do it in the late seventeen hundreds. So this has been uh, on the on the books for for quite a long time.
3: You know, if you if you think about this at its basic roots, you can look at the idea of magic by simply looking at wisdom of the crowd and the law of large numbers, which is what built Vegas. So that's like the lowest kind of simplest magical version of predicting the future accurately. But what I was thinking is it's kind of like you said, a probability loop. What if you could get like, say, a million people to agree Not to do next what they normally would do next. In other words, to consciously say, well, I was going to go outside, but I'm going to wait a few minutes before I do that. Or, you know, I was going to shop today, but I I won't. I'll shop tomorrow. You suppose that would break the probability prediction?
2: To a degree, I think you'd have uh, to get enough people to get a tipping point, but you know I, I've been a big proponent uh, of uh, by people if they uh, live uh, internally and connected to the natural world rather than the artificial world which is presented to us uh, and come from a position of love, uh, that is the precise opposite. It confounds the system and the more people to do that, uh, I think that has the best best chance of breaking the system. You, you need enough people to with intent, but but I think you can yes.
3: I wonder, because I've thought about things like, what if everyone agreed not to use a clock and they had a sundial in their yard? So just do everything the way you were going to, the time you were going to do it, but do it to the sun, to the natural system. Not the, I just wonder if that would break a probability
2: I'd like to take take some uh, you know pr- uh, put together a time and get everybody that we can uh, with our bridge building and networking and in the truth community and uh, consciously have intention and focus on something at a particular time over over a particular time period and see what we can accomplish.
3: I'm with you. I that I I don't doubt that, that there would be an effect there. I think there I, would be an immeasurable effect. I would be shocked if
2: there wasn't something, right? So oh, what I yeah. <laughs>
3: All right, And another
1: thing we need to look at with this is this all corresponds one-to-one exactly uh, with the rise and advent of cybernetics and artificial intelligence. Absolutely, All of these things were, were coming on board right around this time frame within the late 1940s and early 1950s. So all this stuff is hand-in-hand. Hand. These technologies came out right on time. They knew exactly what they wanted to do with them. The intent behind this was already there
2: for artificial intelligence and everything would- else. I would go so far to say, Wayne, that, that much of that was driven by this as the intention. That this was the driving factor uh, to get us there. And and then th- what we came up with later, much like we see now with um, increases in uh, computer processing power, is, is that uh, they, they have to give us a reason to purchase it. Like graphics becomes kind of a, a heavy pr- a process, heavy uh, you know thing. But uh, but before that, I mean, you know, for email and spreadsheets and that sort of stuff, we don't need that kind of processing power. So they have to come up with apps that that require it uh, but but I, I again I would go so far as to say that this was the driving force between much of the computing technology that we currently see today and certainly right, so I, mean,
3: I would agree with that uh, well I was gonna say think about all the people like supposedly you cracked something like Enigma what they're probably doing almost certainly is they've got people believed during this life-and-death fight and you have only got till next Thursday to come up with something pretty special um, these kinds of ideas. So the people that are actually doing the pushing forward of the technology are very invested in the false narrative that's that's driving the whole thing.
0: We got a question from the uh, chat room here. Thanks, John, for the super chat. Has anyone ever gotten into a physical confrontation while discussing these subjects?
2: I've had people get very hostile, yes.
0: Yeah, I've, I've, I've <laughs> had heated arguments, of, but I've never I, had a physical confrontation whereas blows were exchanged. Yeah, it's not my style. Crow or Wayne, you got anything to say about that?
3: Uh, Not not me. I don't do Uh, that.
0: No, I don't either. No, I would never
3: let it get to the the point. Exactly. You know what the next word out of your mouth is going to do, so why would you go there?
0: I've always been afraid of getting into a physical confrontation with somebody, especially if they're weaker than me. I I took martial arts a long time ago, so I know how to do some things, but uh, my discipline is so gone that I'd be afraid of doing something and seriously injuring somebody and highly regret it. So the last thing I would ever want to do is go near a physical confrontation.
2: Yeah. Unintended consequences for sure.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yes. I know how to do some of these strikes and how to seriously injure somebody. No, I haven't practiced in a long time. So what if I seriously screw up? Don't want it to go there. Just don't even want to come close to going there. So, continuing on with this, we've got the three things that they needed to get their computer systems up and running. Of course, we know today that data is king. That's something else that Crow and I have discussed many times, that the new oil is data. I think that's the way we were describing it even, uh, what, three or four years ago, Crow?
3: Yeah, it's the lead up to the China stuff that we did. um, We were saying money money's not king anymore and it's never going to be a king. Data will be king from here forward.
0: So, okay, here we go. Same old names. Immediately, the Rockefeller Foundation got in on the ground floor by making a four year grant to Harvard, Harvard College, which I will remind everyone uh, shortly around this time is when Henry Kissinger was there. And Crow and I are going to be recording that episode very soon. We, We have a detailed breakdown of what that guy did. They funded the Harvard Economic Research Project for the study of the structure of the American economy. One year later, in 1949, the United States Air Force joined in. So you can see they are already, as, as early as 48, 49, breaking down how what at the time would be modern Western society, they know how to manipulate the ebbs and flows, or at least they thought they did. And, you know, that's about when you could see them starting to make things go wonky.
1: Yeah, and you look and see, this is actually, right here, this is foundational. This is collusion between the military, academia, and guess who else? The Rockefeller Foundation, who is uh, steering and funding it all. And this is exactly how things get done now. Uh, you combine these, these things together, and you set policy. And who sets the policy? The financier. Who's the financier? Well, it's this, uh, you know, foundation. This, well, this and
2: tax-free ro- foundation. Back, yeah, sure. Rockefeller backed by Rothschild, backed by, you know, the black nobility, backed by, you know, who knows. So, so right. con- continuing on with
0: this, in 1952, the grant period terminated and a high-level meeting of the elite was held to determine the next phase of social operation research. The Harvard project had been very fruitful, as is borne out by the publication of some of its results in 1953, suggesting the feasibility of economic or social engineering. Name of that is Studies in the Structure of the American Economy, copyright 1953. Engineered in the last half of the decade of the 1940s, the new quiet war machine stood, so to speak, in sparkling gold-plated hardware on the showroom floor by 1954. With the creation of the Maser, M-A-S-E-R, in 1954, the promise of unlocking unlimited sources of fusion atomic energy from the heavy hydrogen in seawater and the consequent availability of unlimited social power was a possibility only decades away. The combination was irresistible. The Quiet War was quietly declared by the international elite at a meeting held in 1954 that meeting i can and does assume, anybody by the way, want to know
1: what meeting that is
0: there you go that was the year of the first builder meet meeting
3: although the silent weapons system where
1: this was decided sorry Jason, the, go ahead
3: did the burgers ever build anything that actually mattered uh one billion sold i don't know although the silent <laughs> exactly.
0: weapons system was nearly exposed 13 years later the evolution of the new weapon system has never suffered any major setbacks and i would Think that's probably to this day this volume marks the 25th anniversary of the beginning of the quiet war and again this document is supposed to be 1979 so that 1954 date that makes 25 years already this domestic war has had many victories on many fronts throughout the world
2: yeah the one um primary thing as we go through this document uh, it's all related to energy uh, and another uh, analogous word for energy power
0: power unlimited power yeah all right political introduction in 1954 it was well recognized by those in positions of authority that it was only a matter of time a few decades before the general public would be able to grasp and upset the cradle of power, for the very elements of the new silent weapon technology were as accessible for a public utopia as they were for providing a private utopia. The issue of primary concern, that of dominance, revolved around the subject of the energy sciences.
1: And you could see the intent of what the people who were steering this whole thing had in mind. Dominance. Full-spectrum Dominance. Can't say it enough. That's exactly what's going on today. Full spectrum dominance. That's why you're out in public right now wearing a mask, showing your subservience. Full spectrum dominance.
2: Yeah. And when people say, you know, follow the money, m- money is um, secondary or tertiary. You uh, it, it don't, I mean, they can print as much as they want. It all comes down to power and control.
3: Well, that, you know, it's a good example. What they're actually doing with money right now shows the importance of money. It's just a play thing, isn't it? They just print it and give it out.
2: Well, as new, but as it is clearly laid out in this document, uh, if as we get far enough through it, and certainly, if you read it yourself, uh, it, it is but one of the energy sources, and it's meant for control. It, it is literally uh, a form of slavery.
3: You know, as we went into this, people uh, right before all this happened, people remembered the biggest expenditure of all time, or so it was claimed under Bush for the bank bailout. was that six hundred billion or something like that? I forget. Um, it's claimed that as this thing started, by the time March 12th was here, they were printing that much money every hour, and dishing it out somewhere to the central banks and everywhere else. So, people should understand money. Money is just a the thing they make up. It has no, nothing more than tool tool usage uh, as the driving force. Right? right. And later
1: in this document. Sorry. Go ahead, man. I was going to say, well, later in this document, document, it's going to talk about uh, the way that they compare uh, these economic factors and, and this whole use of money to electrical currents. And this is uh, actually, we'll get there a little later, but I'm just going to read the little thing since we're on the subject right now. If anybody's wondering what is the, uh, the whole point in this whole economic stimulus package right now, why are they doing that? Here's exactly why. Okay, right here, in this paragraph, right from this document. Economic inductance. An electrical indicator, or sorry, let me start over there. An electrical inductor, e.g. a coil or wire, has an electric current as its primary phenomenon and a magnetic field as its secondary phenomenon, inertia. Corresponding to this, an economic inductor has a flow of economic value as its primary phenomenon and a population field as its secondary field phenomenon of inertia. When the flow of economic value, e.g., money, diminishes, the human population field collapses. In order to keep the economic value, money flowing, an extreme case of this would be war. This public inertia is a result of consumer buying habits, expected standard of living, etc., and is generally a phenomenon of self-preservation. So, when you consider they're flooding the uh, the economy with all this money, so that. Uh, people will go and uh, spend this money, but actually, that's not exactly why, because they know people are just going to hang on to this money. And you can see what's going on in society around us, how they're talking about food shortages and everything else, and they've shut down like the entire economy. So what they're trying to do is collapse the population field.
2: Okay? Yeah, exactly. So this,
1: that's exactly what it's going to lead to, and yeah. that's that's why they're doing this whole stimulus thing. They're they're flooding the market with this this extra money. Which, first of all, it devalues the money all the more and causes a baseline price increase in everything because, uh, you you know, it's it's just raising the baseline of everything. That's all it's doing. It's not creating any more value. It's created out of thin air. There's nothing behind it.
2: And interesting. interesting. When you see that. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say. Interestingly enough, later in the document, uh, they when they're using the algorithm for uh, human population as value, uh, they they use it in uh, they value it in silver uh, because the dollar is valueless. <laughs> they clearly they clearly state as a fiat currency, it has no value, so it's meaningless to to assign value in terms of uh, GNP in dollars, right? So the gross national product has to be in in silver uh, because it has at least it's some. It's tangible.
3: Every fake system has to have a base in reality, which is why there's a Bible in the courtrooms. Um, They have to base something provable. And so everything Wayne just said is critically important when you consider what Jason and I have been running with Walter Russell. There's only one force in this world. It's called electricity. And even if you want to go into admiralty and say things like current or flow, you can say the very same words about electricity. And the reason for that is because there's only one force in our world. So when you come to such a foundational doc, like the one we're referencing, and what they're using foundationally is an old analog system called electricity, now you begin to understand. Even the fake computer systems, even every fake system we can point to, at the base of it, it has to have a real-life connection to something foundationally provable in the real world. In other words, right, a computer cannot run without electricity, which exists. And so in this analog doc, where they're showing how they're going to basically hack, fool, and manipulate the world, and by the way, pre-model it so they're 98% sure that it'll work before they do it, they're using electricity, and electricity is the only force in the world. So that's an important connection to understand. Why do they use language like currency? Now you know. Well, and again, getting back to the idea of energy being power, um, I could continue
2: on just a little bit from, from this document that energy is recognized as, as the key to all activity on Earth. Natural science is the study of the sources and control of natural energy, and social science, theoretically expressed as economics, is the study of the sources and control of social energy. Both are bookkeeping systems, including mathematics. Therefore, mathematics is the primary energy science. And the bookkeeper, bookkeeper can be king if the public can be kept ignorant of the methodology of bookkeeping. All science is merely a means to an end. The means is knowledge. The end is control. And beyond this remains only one issue. Who's the beneficiary? Who gets control?
3: So there's a critical thing that you just said there, too, because you're saying that without movement, without energy of some sort, this doesn't work. Well, in the Walter Russell thing, that's another reason. In the title of the thing I run tomorrow, it's going to tell you flat out a Walter Russell quote. All motion is curved and all curvature is spiral. So when you think about these people totally. telling, yeah, so they're, so they're telling you all these things about energy, but the truth is, in our school that we get, most of us think it's linear from A to B, when in fact, they understand that it's closer to something like Russell laid down. So even in the way we try to think about what we're, they're doing, we're misled from the get-go. Um, if motion and energy are the base of this, understanding the true movement of those things would be critical. Absolutely.
0: All right, let's go on to the next section, which is energy. Energy is recognized as the key to all activity on Earth. Natural science is the study of the sources and control of natural energy, and social science, theoretically expressed as economics, is the study of the sources and control of social energy. Both are bookkeeping systems. Mathematics. Therefore, mathematics is the primary energy science. And the bookkeeper can be king if the public can be kept ignorant of the methodology of the bookkeeping. Well, it says a whole lot right there, doesn't it? All science is merely a means to an end. And another explosive statement right there. The means is knowledge. The end is control. Beyond this remains only one issue. Who will be the beneficiary? In 1954, this was the issue of primary concern. Although the so-called moral issues were raised, in view of the law of natural selection, it was agreed that a nation or world of people who will not use their intelligence are no better than animals who do not have intelligence. Such people are beasts of burden and stakes on the table by choice and consent. Consequently, in the interest of future world order, peace and tranquility, it was decided to privately wage a quiet war against the American public with an ultimate objective of permanently shifting the natural and social energy, or wealth, of the undisciplined and irresponsible many into the hands of the self-disciplined, responsible, and worthy few. In order to implement this objective, it was necessary to create, secure, and apply new weapons, which, as it turned out, were a class of weapons so subtle and sophisticated in their principle of operation and public appearance as to earn for themselves the name silent weapons. In conclusion, the objective of economic research, as conducted by the magnets of capital or banking and the industries of commodities or goods and services, is the establishment of an economy which is totally predictable and manipulatable. Think about what that means. In order to achieve a totally totally predictable economy, the low-class elements of society must be brought under total control, i.e., they must be housebroken, they must be trained, and assigned a yoke and long-term social d- duties from a very early age before they have an opportunity to question the propriety of the matter. And I might add that this is how they instill whatever point of view that they want you, they, the controllers, want someone to have. They get you from an early age. In order to achieve such conformity, the lower class family unit must be disintegrated by a process of increasing preoccupation of the parents and the establishment of government-operated daycare centers for the occupationally orphaned children. The quality of education given to the lower class must be of the poorest sort so that the moat of ignorance isolating the inferior class from the superior class is and remains incomprehensible to the inferior class. With such an initial handicap, Even bright, lower-class individuals have little, if any, hope of extricating themselves from their assigned lot in life. This form of slavery is essential to maintain some measure of social order, peace, and tranquility for the ruling upper
3: class. You mean psychopath, right? Not upper class. (laughs) Did you misread that? I, I think that should have said psychopath. Yeah. Give that that.
1: man a cookie. He's 100% right. Well,
3: yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Gravy
0: Jesus approves of this message.
1: Yeah, this this is very telling when you you look at all this stuff. This this explains to people exactly why our education system is the way that it is and also exactly uh, why the family unit, the traditional family unit, has been targeted and uh, taken apart. Within our society since the 1950s, this is exactly why when you look at the the time frame when when all of this started disintegrating, it was right there uh, from the mid 1950s right on up through the 60s and the counterculture and that whole uh, social engineer decade. All the way right up into modern times, you see how it was just a slow degradation of uh, what the family structure looks like. And this is exactly why. And you also see why our school system is like it is. This is why uh, they have common core math. Uh, They don't want you to understand the basic fundamentals of mathematics, the uh, principal energy That's 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 why.
3: The part of this makes me think about the language thing. Remember that movie Pygmalion we just referenced? Think about Ebonics. Think about rap. Um, That language barrier uh, makes it impossible for someone to fly under radar. If you're saying words like (laughs) axe or other things, there's no way. You you automatically know where that person came from. You you might as well have a red dot on your forehead. Um, And this is by design. And this is why we see rap guys in this millennium saying teeth instead of teeth, um, because when these ca- things catch on, what it's basically doing is bean counting you, um, and if you adopt that that way of speech, or you don't have any option, but you've been taught that way, um, you're not getting out of your bean hole. You'll never be able to fly under radar. Yes, and this is this exact
2: reason why um, I...
3: I- Consistently say that uh, Latin, as a
2: language, did not die a natural death. It was murdered, uh, specifically for the reason, you know, that it's a uh, it, it's an explicit language that carries the intention in the verb. Uh, and it had so many uh, idioms, axioms, and truisms that that were part of the culture uh, that even those, if the general public understood it, we would have be a, a long way toward understanding what's happening around us. So when they you know again, they stopped the, the teaching of the Trivium, they stopped teaching of any kind of logic and rhetoric. Um, gender
3: is in there. You know, gender is a big part of it. And by the way, I would say murdered is right, but as we know, it never really died, did it. There's never been a time when all scientific papers haven't referenced Latin, so you might ask, who the hell knew the Latin to assign the names to these things? Um, So, again, we're looking at a class divide. There are clearly people in the world who were taught Latin. Yes, and still to this day are
2: as well as the, the ancient tales and m- myths, as you continue to say over and over on your shows, Crow, that uh, when they refused to, to teach us the myths, they're, they're uh, refusing to tell us about our past, our history, and, and the important things.
3: I, I suspect when we get into documents like this, the organizations that are behind the authorship, I'll bet you dollars to donuts, we can tie them to the Renaissance Vatican. Um, it's my stipulation that, that that period of time that we call the Renaissance is the fall into hypermaterialism. That's I'd, where it starts. I'd even go
2: a step further and say that it was the Jesuit resting control of all education uh, across the world uh, and taking over all the sciences and uh, research disciplines uh, as being you know considered the smartest guys, so they should be in charge of it. But when they did that, they corrupted everything.
3: Yeah. It's an, it, well, actually, you, I, you read accounts of these guys. It's insane. Some of these guys supposedly speaking 14 languages, publishing a Bible in a newly found dialect within two or three years. It's insane to think about how much ability, if any of those accounts are true, how much ability was brought to bear. I don't think we could produce it at this point in time without locating a, you know, a genius that's so genius he doesn't know how to talk in public. Yeah,
2: and, and the, the current intentional conflation and, and the pressing of uh, the, and uh, progeneration of the Dunning-Kruger effect where people believe uh, that they're smart because they can recite or regurgitate badly a, a little bit of the narrative. Uh, they now believe and have conflated the idea that because we have technology, we are now smarter as a race, which is preposterous. The
3: op- yeah, the opposite is true, and, and the telephone thing I opened up with is the proof. Um, what the digital age has done is separated people so much further from nature because to use an analog system is to, at some level be functioning in a natural way. To open a circuit is a natural thing, to understand that you've opened the circuit. Um, but in the digital age, it's there's, there's no reality to it. It's whatever the dude coded. You push this button for this or that button for that. Um, it's a whole other thing.
1: Yeah, in this day and age, you don't even really need to, to know things. You, you just look it up on your computer or on your smartphone. You, you could just do a search. Uh, you, you don't really need to know anything. And, and that's the whole thing. There's right. By and large, this, this whole generation of people... They're, they have all this knowledge at their fingertips, but they really don't know anything. They don't ever bother to even memorize a person's phone number anymore. Absolutely.
2: and in Think fact, about it. It's been proven that um, through neuroscience and neuroplasticity, um, things like Google, for example, m- literally make you stupid uh, because your brain, being really smart, is also very efficient. And so uh, it, it will, instead of uh, logging in and keeping the memory the information it simply keeps where the information is found uh, so instead of learning it, you go, well, I can Google that. So you never actually learn the information. You simply log where that information can be found because it's trying to be efficient. Uh, and, and again, I tell the story that when I worked for an audio manufacturer, some 25, almost 30 years ago, uh, we, we had, uh, you know, uh, sales, uh, reps and, and, uh, locations stores all over the world. Uh, and at one time I knew more than 340 phone numbers right off the top of my head because I called them so often. And now I know maybe five. Right. Um, And and for a while, when I had a new phone, I didn't even know my own phone number because I never dialed it. Uh, That's pretty sad.
3: You know, there's another part to this. You don't get the cross pollination when you when it's like what Wayne said, what you said. You don't know the information, but you know where to get the information. So you go get it, you use it, and then you're on your way. But you see, there's a critical piece missing when you act in that way. And that's the cross pollination, the drawing of lines, the association. If you research, yeah, yeah. if you learn a thing in a certain way, then you say it dawns on you, oh, this relates to that and this. And I'll bet you that's where that name came from. Uh, You lose all of that. And so what it becomes is useless information in a bucket. It it could be trivia. You could consider information as trivia almost.
2: Yeah. And 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 then go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead
1: i was going to say just another facet of that whole idea instead of actually knowing the information you know where to find the information you know where to go to find the information yes. well here's the other part of that that's that's really kind of disturbing uh, that place that you're going for the information it's controlled <laughs> by someone
2: <laughs> it's and in a, a barn
1: nature. wall so you have yeah, one yeah, yeah. person filtering yeah you have one person filtering you this information and you know Because you don't personally know that information or intake that information because of the whole cross-pollination factor, like Crow was saying, you just take it as to be true just because you you know the source that it's coming from. And that's the thing, you don't really know this. You
2: go to Wikipedia and it constantly changes. Right, and so even with sources like the Wayback Machine, even that is is compromised, uh, and we certainly know uh, it's been proven over and over that uh, the the highest number of edits from uh, into Wikipedia uh, come from Langley, Virginia. You know, there. So <laughs>
3: there you um, go. Well, there's there's Gee, a critical point. Langley, yeah, we should make a point for people um, right now. See what Wayne just pointed out too. Is when you're using a search engine, uh, it's not that you're just getting siphoned. You know, whatever they're offering up is the stuff you could search. If you're logged in, they're particularly delivering to you what they want you as a user with a history to see, uh, which brings up another point, which I tell Jason all the time. If you're going to do searches or research or anything, make sure you're not logged in. Um, Never be logged in when you're doing things, because otherwise you're just skewing future search results.
2: Yeah and so then this is what uh, what Wayne said and this is you know, I'll just kind of segue off that is what what I have uh, frequently said before the difference between uh, knowledge and understanding is that knowledge is at least uh, knowing the information and being able to store and recall it uh, but understanding is being able to make use of that information that you actually have experience in doing it And I liken this sometimes to the difference between somebody who's read a bunch of books about mountain climbing versus a sherpa. which one do you want to take you up the mountain? If you go with the guy who's read a bunch of books, you are going to die. If you go with the Sherpa, you have a chance of making it. And then ultimately what you hope for is, is wisdom. Right, which is to be able to take that information both the knowledge and the understanding and to push it forward and to be able to, s- to project out in front of you and, and make sense of it and and, and the war on sense making is something that's been going on for a great deal of time as I track it for the past four or five hundred years uh, that, that we have been intentionally uh, divorced uh, from the ability to, to make logical rational thought um, especially ramped up and uh, exponentially over the last hundred years uh, we We have been, especially through technology, completely divorced from our ability to think and and have been suffering from really trauma-based mind control in the form of future shock where things change so rapidly that we can never adjust to them. Uh, And so all we can do is basically become infantilized uh, and look for a parent. And then the government steps in as the parent and taps you on the head and and says, good good boy, We'll, we'll promise you everything and give you nothing.
0: We got a question yeah. from the chat room here. Thanks for the uh, super chat, guitar guy. Bear, have any of you looked into black goo? It's in so many movies, and also Google in the name. Wayne, I'm sure you have, right?
1: Yeah, that's something that I, I've kind of dipped my toe in the water with and looked at. Uh, basically, toe in black goo. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. It's it's called oil. Uh, no, but beside <laughs> the like point. Um, yeah, no. There's 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 maybe something to the whole black goo thing. I think it might relate to some sort of nanotech type uh, type of a deal uh, from what I've seen with it. There, there's just a whole lot with it, and it's a very hard subject to maneuver through because there's a lot of nonsense mixed in with it. But, uh, I mean, there, there's a real core to the research behind that, that uh, Harold Coates Vela uh, guy has done a lot of looking at, at the black goo perspective of things. And, he, you know, some of the things he says kind of make sense to me and kind of don't make sense to me. But, uh, you know, it's not something I've delved real deeply into because, like I said, there's a lot of misinformation to navigate through, and it's not something I've necessarily devoted a lot of time to. But I, I do find the subject fascinating, and uh, I, I think it does have, uh, from the descriptions and stuff I've seen of it, some uh, nanotech-type uh, Uh, applications to it so i I think if if there is really uh, a black goo type substance like this that's nine probably about nine out of ten that's what it is is some type of a nanotech yeah i could (laughs) agree with that
2: that's third for me and karen b goes for four so
0: (laughs) all right let's move on to the next section here descriptive introduction of the silent weapon Everything that is expected from an ordinary weapon is expected from a silent weapon by its creators, but only in its own manner of functioning. It shoots situations instead of bullets, propelled by data processing instead of chemical reactions or explosions, originating from bits of data instead of grains of gunpowder, from a computer instead of a gun, operated by a computer programmer instead of a marksman, under the orders of a banking magnet instead of a military general. It makes no obvious explosive noises, causes no obvious physical or mental injuries, and does not obviously interfere with anyone's daily social life. Yet it makes an unmistakable noise, causes unmistakable physical and mental damage, and unmistakably interferes with the daily social life, i.e., unmistakable to a trained observer, one who knows what to look for. The public cannot comprehend this weapon, and therefore cannot believe that they are being attacked and subdued by a weapon. The public might instinctively feel that something is wrong, but that is because of the technical nature of the silent weapon. They cannot express their feeling in a rational way or handle the problem with intelligence. Therefore, they do not know how to cry for help and do not know how to associate with others to defend themselves against it. When a silent weapon is applied gradually, the public adjusts, adapts to its presence and learns to tolerate its encroachment on their lives. Pay attention here, folks, until the pressure, psychological via economic, becomes too great and they crack up. Therefore, the silent weapon is a type of biological warfare. It attacks the vitality, options, and mobility of the individuals of a society by knowing, understanding, manipulating, and attacking their sources of natural and social energy and their physical, mental, and emotional strengths and weaknesses. And before I pass it off to the rest of you guys, how much of what was just described can be completely applied to our current situation?
3: Enough to make the argument that nobody can tell you this document is fake. It's that simple. One-to-one in the real world. I don't give a damn who published it when. And by the way, what's still stunning about this document is if it's claimed 79 and they're already basing on everything on computer data, that tells you something too. That means they had to be much further along than most people suspect. Um, just saying.
1: Absolutely. And uh, you know, just to think uh people don't understand that they're being attacked by a weapon. They don't. And by and large, people just they, they intrinsically know something's that's wrong. Because football they on, can't quite put their Yeah. <laughs> but they just can't put their finger on it. And and that's that's what this is all about. This is a, a way of attacking your vitality, your options, your mobility. All of this stuff, and that's exactly what's going on right now. Make sure you maintain social distance of six feet between people. Make sure you're wearing your mask out in public. You know, make sure you're washing your hands and wearing your gloves and ratting out your neighbor if they're they're outside without their mask. Uh, seriously, what is this doing? This is this is causing psychological, emotional, and physical harm to people. It really, precedent. truly is
3: yeah. with a right. precedent. Once this gets established, is anyone listening, don't, you know, do you actually think any of this is going away now that it's been established? Um, Versions of this will be forever if yeah, it's allowed right.
2: to be. Sure, quite the contrary. And, and you know, the sad part about this is I was, you know, thinking that um, the, the question often when, when you bring up any of these topics uh, of, uh, again, I have often said that the truth community is something of a misnomer, that really what we do is uh, we spend more of our time deconstructing lies and deception because the truth is a very difficult thing to know with absolution. Uh, but one of the first questions that comes up is the, um, is the appeal to, um, you know, both authority and consensus but one of them is appeal to incredulity um is that they um you know the, the first question they ask is but why would they lie uh and, and you could just uh, simply print this um this document out and hand it to them and the sad thing is that uh most people uh frankly in today's society wouldn't
3: understand it because they you know we should be honest about this this is about being bereft of any spiritual idea that matters um, societies that have a connection spiritually to whatever their tradition is are less likely to fall for these things and at the base of everything that's driving this is materialism and for my part we went hyper material in the renaissance and as science replaced all previous forms of ways of thinking about things we became super hyper materialist and all these things put together make us susceptible um if you get back to being what we call godly or righteous or using nature as the benchmark for what's true and what's not. It's much harder to pull these things off. I'm just saying.
0: All right, we we're ready to move on. Theoretical introduction. Give me control over a nation's currency and I care not who makes its laws. Attributed to Mayor Shell Rothschild, 1743 to 1812. Today's silent weapons technology is an outgrowth of a simple idea discovered, succinctly expressed, and effectively applied by the quoted Mr. Male Amschel Rothschild. Mr. Rothschild discovered the missing passive component of economic theory known as economic inductance. He, of course, did not think of his discovery in these 20th century terms, and to be sure, mathematical analysis had to wait for the second industrial revolution, the rise of the theory of mechanics and electronics, and finally, the invention of the electronic computer before it could be effectively applied in the control of the world economy.
1: There you go, right there. I mean, Rothschild said it. Put words to it. Uh, now they refer to it in this document as economic inductance and uh, that's the uh, the piece that I just quoted from further on in the document earlier when we were talking about uh, you know what's the point in this whole stimulus bill and stuff that they they're doing? Why they're just printing money and giving people money? This is exactly why, because at some point, what's going to happen is everything's going to collapse, and uh, somebody's going to buy up everything. For pennies on the dollar and guess who that's going to be it's going to be these power brokers at the top that have everything so
4: yes,
2: they'll exactly just further
1: the they their people. wealth and control
2: yeah in exactly the same right. way that they, they did in the 1920s crash uh they they uh, gave out really cheap bad loans uh and then when people couldn't uh you know when they crashed the economy people couldn't make the payments they swooped in and took mostly farmland at the time Uh, So they they knew, and and also small businesses and manufacturing, they took all the hardware uh, and all the material goods. Uh, So, uh, yeah, it's it's by design, and you can tell exactly that they've used this current situation with the CV-19 specifically uh, to crash the economy to do exactly the same thing.
3: Well, it's going to be worse this time for here because another thing they're doing is putting everyone on the government tit. They're working towards that check, that subsistence check. Um, and at that point it's, uh, not looking good for anyone when you, when you have, yeah, when you have to depend on the very people that just screwed you over to pay your bills, you're in a tight spot.
2: Yep, and they've already uh, had several reports that people are being invited back to work and they're saying no thanks because they're getting with, with the extra stimulus package and uh, they're offering another, the PUA, uh, uh, pandemic uh, unemployment assistance, they're offering another $600 a week on top of what the regular uh, state stuff is. So people are saying no thanks, I'm doing better on unemployment than they were working. Uh, so this uh, universal basic income quote is uh, what's happening and it gets people at Absolutely uh, married and completely dependent on the titty.
3: Plus, it puts them in that right. permanent database. It's a bit like getting a uh, beer bug test right now. You do that, you've just entered into a database that's never going away. You mean then they might be taking your thing.
0: DNA and putting it in a uh, great big
3: superstructure somewhere? It also tells them that you're a blind melon because you <laughs> did it. They This one was <laughs> dumb. <laughs> Oh, right. you're, you're counting your own beans. You're putting yourself in the dipshit list. Look at this goober coming in with his mask and gloves on. What a maroon.
0: Yeah,
2: it's a, I, I often <laughs> yeah say
3: and that's the it's thing. That Everybody's...
2: It's not a pandemic, but it's, a, it's an IQ test, right? With people <laughs> wearing these masks, you know, and, and I've been saying that, you know, it's, it's just so ridiculous that, you know, even with our super um, tight, Ah, uh, cotton weave, a uh, mechanical loom weave. That's going to be, you know, 35 to 40 microns between the weft and uh, the, you know, even an N95 mask is is down to five microns, and and a, the supposed pathogen is less than three microns. Uh, so a screen door on a submarine is is more effective, <laughs> right? Um, and, and what you're doing? Hey, is wait wait a minute uh and so wearing a mask is actually more harmful to the wearer uh, and it certainly isn't protecting them so all they're doing is recycling they're creating a hot moist condition of, of recycling and if anything did get caught in the mask it'd be right there in front of their airway so uh it is really again uh, to me it's more of an iq test uh than anything else
1: you're just saying that because you want people to die
2: right <laughs> exactly I, oh I, yeah I, That's-
1: <laughs> That's the response you get from no. society at large. I, I, it's, it's like ridiculous.
2: I'm desirous of people to be harmed. That's why I'm trying to help them. That's to help it's them like understand.
1: It's playing chess with a pigeon, right?
2: That's, exa- that's exactly right. That That is exactly my metaphor, Wayne. You know it well. Uh, the, I didn't know it well. There's no point in, in playing chess with a pigeon because invariably they just flap their wings, knock over all the pieces, shit all over the board, and flap away, claiming victory. So C- Couldn't you
3: just coo, use the pearl coo. to the swine metaphor? It was a little... Well, Jesus did it better. I'll admit it. Jesus all did right. it better. But, let's, uh, let's just all agree that we're going to call Jason G.J. from now on, okay? What happens
0: if I shave, though? I mean... Uh, does that take away no. the fun?
3: Well, so then, it takes away so then it'll define. be, yeah, then it'll be why GJ.
2: Well, you can't cut your hair because everybody knows Samson did that, and that'll take your strength away, and then it won't That's be such true. powerful gravy.
3: That's
0: true. So, uh,
2: if, if 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 I can, Jason, I want to uh, tackle this next section on the general energy concepts because there is some really uh, profound stuff in here, and, yeah. and what I mentioned earlier uh, regarding the specific one-on-one analogy with electronics. Uh, and the electrical flow. Uh, So this is, again, we're reading, uh, for those of you who have just joined us, we're reading from... Take this
0: part, because I ran out of water. So you you handle this next concept, and by the time you get done with that, I should be to the kitchen and back again
2: perfect. Okay, so for those of us who for those of you who have just joined us, again, we're reading uh, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, a a document that purportedly came uh, from an an IBM copy machine um, and and it was discovered in the mid-1980s. The document itself is purported to be uh, from 1979. And so we're now uh, early on, still in the early description of what's going on, uh, and this describes general general energy concepts. And again, uh, irrespective of whether you think this document is genuine or not, again, these principles are proven uh, and uh, certainly more than plausible. And you can see them happen uh, one-to-one corollary in our society over the past 50 years. So continuing to read now from this document uh, under the heading General Energy Concepts. In the study of energy systems, there always appear three elementary concepts. These are potential energy, kinetic energy, and energy dissipation. And corresponding to these concepts, there are three idealized, essentially pure physical counterparts called passive components. And so number one, in the science of physical mechanics, the phenomenon of potential energy is associated with physical property called elasticity or stiffness. And this can be represented by a stretch spring. Uh, in electric science, uh, potential energy is stored in a capacitor instead of a spring. Now this this property is called capacitance instead of elasticity or stiffness, but it represents the same concept. In the science of physical mechanics, the phenomena of kinet- kinetic energy is associated with a physical property called inertia or mass and can be re- represented by a mass or flywheel in motion. And again, this is uh, analogous to uh, Newton's third law. In electronic science, kinetic energy is stored in an inductor or magnetic field instead of mass, and this property is called an induct- inductance instead of inertia. In the science of physical mechanics, the phenomenon of energy dissipation is associated with a physical property called friction or resistance, Um, or we would say in the second law of thermodynamics, we would uh, call this um, entropy. Uh, It can be represented by a dashpot or other uh, device which converts energy into heat. In electronic science, dissipation of energy is performed by an element called either a resistor or a conductor. The term resistor, of course, being the one generally used to describe a more ideal device like a wire employed to convey electronic energy uh, efficiently from one location to another. And the property of a resistance or conductor is measured either as resistance or conductance reciprocals. And so in economics, these three energy concepts are associated with one, economic capacitance, that's the capital, or money, stock inventory, investments in buildings, durable goods, etc. Economic conductance, that's goods, the product or flow coefficients, and finally three, economic inductance, and those are services, the influence of the population on industry as an output. Uh, so all the mathematical theory developed in the study of one energy system, like mechanics or electronics, can be immediately applied with the study of any other energy system, for example, economics. Uh, and so this analogy, the one-to-one analogy, I- is um, completely uh, transferable uh, between any of these things. And so um, with those the same formula and the same description uh, of using a certain amount of entropy, uh, dissolution, that's sort of thing, you can immediately analogize uh, whether it's currency or whether it's labor force, uh, any of these energy uh, coefficients uh, into the equation. And you'll get uh, a solution. And so um, in the same way that you can, for example, um, understand by knowing how m- how many grains uh, a projectile is, uh, what its rate of fire is, and its trajectory, uh, you can immediately uh, know uh, you know, by how much energy is put into it and its angle of velocity and velocity, uh, you can immediately know what its trajectory is going to be and whether or not you're going to hit the target. And that's exactly true with what we're looking at here. They figured out uh, that an economy... Uh, if it can be controlled, uh, is easily manipulated. And not only uh, that, but the emotions of a people uh, is directly correspondent. And so when you begin to move these elasticity or uh, inflexibility uh, of financial goods and services, uh, it immediately has a direct effect on whether people try to escape from reality by using drugs or drinking or getting to sex or going to movies. Um, These things are immediately uh, apparent. Uh, and especially when they have the the data uh, to understand what your strengths and weaknesses are. and and make no mistake that everything that you've ever done in your lifetime uh, has been uh, monitored, uh, uh, aggregated, collated, Filed away, and um, there is uh, at least you know two dozen simulations of you specifically running on at any one time on a stack of computers just in this country. So um, again, I, I don't want to say they got your number, but they are certainly trying to, and, and using a cybernetic feedback loop as Wayne and I have described before. before uh, they not only predict, but they try to drive it uh, by using what's basically called shock test. It's the idea that uh, if you have a, a an aircraft right, and it's shooting a weapon, uh, that's going to create Stresses on the on the airframe, and, and if you get into a, a certain um, harmonization with it, and you, uh, you you could literally destroy the airframe. And so you have to do shock tests on it to see what uh, rate of fire uh, and what um, uh, harmonics you can use. Well, they do exactly the same thing with banks now. You you hear you know shock test, and they do test on ha- on how much money. Um, they're doing exactly the sort of thing to the entire economy and indeed our society by shocking you into submission, shock and awe.
1: Right. And it's talked about later on in this document, it talks about that shock testing and and explains exactly what you're saying right now. This is exactly what they do to see what kind of resistance they're going to run up against and uh, to further uh, fine tune their algorithms and stuff for this stuff. And, And this is exactly what they're doing. And they're using computers in order to do this. And it's driving all these different simulations. And right now, uh, in addition to uh, just what you were saying about the the simulations of each person, they also are running these through different programs through quantum computers and various other tools that have a higher rate of accuracy and could give them a better degree of understanding as to what their outputs are gonna be. Uh, So uh, there's actually something called Sentient World Simulation. It's a program running at Purdue University on a D-Wave quantum computer there. And uh, this has pretty much a uh, an avatar uh, within the system of every single human being on Earth uh, yes. running in a continuous simulation 24-7. And they could run innumerable situations and different things right down to the individual i mean they could they could do simulations of regions simulations of entire states or countries or whatever like that or even right down to like say a particular neighborhood or even individuals they could run these different simulations and figure out what you're going to be doing tomorrow with probably about 99 accuracy uh like right down to the exact minute uh, you'll be doing like this certain activity or whatever. They'll, they'll know what you're going to eat for lunch and when you're going to eat it uh, with these simulations. To,
2: right. According to NSA.gov, right now, they they claim an accuracy rate of 99.3%. Uh, and, and if that's Thank you. If that's their claimed rate, then I, I suspect it's higher than that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, w- once you get past once you get past about ninety four percent, each uh, decimal point takes orders of magnitude more processing power. But if they're claiming ninety nine point three percent accuracy rate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're close to 99.9% accuracy rating. That's pretty good. Yeah, close. but
3: I, I think you'll see a rate of 100%. I mean, the more times you do this, the closer to 100. It's not even about computing power anymore. It's about sheer sure data put through, isn't it? It's
2: the gain, right?
3: Yeah, I would point out um, the main takeaway here is that there's one force in the world. It's called electricity, and that's what they're playing on. And that's why when people to go get a PhD as an electrical engineer, they never totally understand how electricity works because to allow someone to understand that would be allow them to understand light, water, anything that has energy and movement in our world would then be describable and manipulatable in some way. That's why there's, that's why there's very few Eric Dollards in the world or supposed Teslas. So the, the main takeaway here is the magic that's being done here is just simply based on the perfection of nature. So they made an artificial system they call an economy or money or society or any damn system they make up, and then they relate it directly to the one force in our world, electricity. And sometimes they mask the language as nautical um, because waves flow in the same way.
2: And to piggyback on what you're saying, Crow, is, uh, again, since it is electric, uh, electricity and the, as you say, the, the cousin of that is magnetism uh, and that we all are electromagnetic beings and that's provable, it's proven uh, that we put out electromagnetic energy. Uh, again, my point being, if you can come more in uh, harmony uh, with the natural environment and, and a step away from their artificial environment, that has the best probability, in my view, of screwing up their algorithms and knocking off their predictions and their driving of your behavior is to come more in line uh, with the Natural world uh, rather than their artificial one
3: yeah that was my point to to become what we call godly is to simply come in line with the natural world around us which is perfect Um, and to use that as the be-all end-all measure stick against all decisions made always compare it to nature that's the idea of righteousness at the highest level and I'm with you all day if people got back to nature and farming and things that were natural it would not be so easy to see the push around we're getting right now. It's un, it's unimaginable to me to go out right now and just look at the number of blind melons kind of zombieing down the street. <laughs> it, it's insane. It's almost it's almost more than you can take. Um, you have to start to do things with your mind <laughs> to keep it from going cuckoo. Um, to to imagine the the I don't even know how to describe it. The number of children. That have taken over the adult role.
0: Learning to fly, thanks for the super chat. It says, A is the first letter, I is the ninth. Shall we count?
3: Yes, we should. And then we should go back to the death of Ajax following or during the Trojan War, and you'll know something more about those two letters.
2: <laughs> there you go. All but right. keep in mind, uh, even within that phrase, it's artificial intelligence. Artificial, it's yes, fake. there you are. <laughs> it's fake AF. <laughs> It's, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know
3: what the definition in one sense, the definition of artificial could be is that if you ever detach anything artificial from the natural systems, it no longer works. Exactly. That's a, that's a good thing to think about. Um, any artificial system, I don't give a damn how sophisticated if it's detached from the reality of our perfect system called nature, it will cease to function.
2: So did
0: we get and, through and Mr. Is- Rothschild's energy discovery?
3: Um, If I could just
2: add to what uh, Crow said and then go there, and and I would just add to that, that if you separate from the source of all power, which to me would be the creator, uh, the natural result is death and decay. Uh, It's not a punishment. It's simply the natural result. If you separate from the source of power, um, you're going to die.
0: Agreed. All right. So these things about banking are still applied very much today. Mr. Rothschild's Energy Discovery. What mis- oh, man, can I speak today? What Mr. Rothschild had discovered was the basic principle of power, influence, and control over people as applied to economics. That principle is, when you assume the appearance of power, people soon give it to you. Politicians use this all the time, by the way. Mr. Sure, well, Rothschild...
2: When you can face <laughs> you got it you covered. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Mr. Go, Rothschild- go ahead and
3: try it go go ahead and try to assume that appearance saying words like teeth. See if you can pull it off.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Rothschild had discovered that currency or deposit loan accounts had the required appearance of power that could be used to induce people inductance with people corresponding to a magnetic field into surrendering their real wealth in exchange for a promise of greater wealth instead of real compensation again here we are talking about artificial things aren't we they would put up real collateral in exchange for a loan of promissory notes mr Rothschild found that he could issue more notes than he had backing for so long as he had someone's stock of gold as a persuader to show his customers and this is the essence of where fractional reserve banking came from of course Mr. Rothschild loaned his promissory notes to individuals and to governments. These would create overconfidence. Then he would make money scarce, tighten control of the system, and collect the collateral through the obligation of contracts. The cycle was then repeated. These pressures could be used to ignite a war. Then he would control the availability of currency to determine who would win the war. That government, which agreed to give him control of its economic system, got his support. Collection of debts was guaranteed by economic aid to the enemy of the debtor. The profit derived from this economic methodology made Mr. Rothschild all the more able to expand his wealth. He found that the public greed would allow currency to be printed by government by government order, beyond the limits, which is inflation, of backing in precious metal or the production of goods and services. And of course, we've got nothing but a complete runaway economic nightmare, not just in the United States, but everywhere today.
2: Yeah, it's worldwide and by by intention. They're all in bed together. There's no national boundaries. It's all you know they they're all t- together. Um, they're they're even you know now dropping all pretense uh, of being separate with but few exceptions just to bring those in line who are not fully on board at this point.
1: yeah, and it's it's definitely very telling like what's going on in the world today. when you look at uh, just the the state of the world right now, this is exactly what's going on. It's a repeat of the same thing. Uh, wh- what they're doing is, first of all, he's he's putting money out there. Uh, I'm saying he, well, the, the banking system, let's put it this way. They're putting money out there for everybody right now in these tough economic times because they, they're shutting everything down. But at some point, what's going to happen is uh, things are going to start to open back up and, and you know, businesses that are suffering right now are going to go under, and they're going to get bought up for pennies on the dollar by who? By the people that already have all the wealth to begin with, your Rothschilds of the world, your Rockefellers of the world, uh, these big corporations. They're going to buy up all of this stuff and, you know— implement total control over it uh, you know, from the top down and, and consolidate the wealth once again to the highest tier. And that's what's been going on all throughout all of history. Uh, as you can see right here, it's, it's very well spelled out in this document. This is what Rothschild did. He funded both sides of every war, uh, the one that decided to give him control over their banking system. He gave them more money so that they won the war, and then he collected on the debts on it all. Uh, when the the losing nation or whatever finally conceded to the winning nation, uh, and the winning nation went in and took control of their assets, well, where did those assets go? They went right to Rothschild, right right to the banking cartel, and this is how it works, and it's a consolidation you know, going on throughout all the world now, and they're really not hiding it anymore. I mean, it used to be hidden behind national borders and and all these different things, but now it's, it's just corporation. Everything's corporation, all these international, quote-unquote, corporations. This is what's going on, and many of them are all controlled by the same steering committees and stuff at the top most uh, tiers of these corporations, and these are all these guys that meet uh, – you know, in the Bilderberg Conferences and uh, the Trilateral Commission, all of these guys, they're all rubbing elbows together, okay? And that's that's kind of how this works. It's the same uh, small group of people at the top. Uh, I'd say from my research, I think there's roughly about uh, 6,000 people at the top of the power structure that really run everything in the world uh, when it comes down to it. And, it, you know, this this is just basically what's going on it's more consolidation into this and like these steering committees of these corporations are the ones running the show right now so when you have a guy like bill gates funding the world health organization don't you think he has a lot of influence there and then you know you have these these places like the world health organization or the cdc which by the way these are not governmental bodies they have no authority to do the things they're doing but yet they're doing them anyway and they're being funded by these guys. Well, you know, when you want to know who's really pulling the strings, who's supplying the money? And that's what you have to look at. Because this is who's pulling the strings about 99 times out of 100. is whoever is controlling the purse strings and things. This is who's running stuff. Okay, and, and I can't emphasize this enough. So when you look at uh, the top levels of these things, and you could see just the, this blatant, you know, criminal activity that they're getting away with worldwide right now across national borders and against sovereignties of different peoples and, you know, just all the humanitarian things they're, they're doing wrong right now. It's, it's just, it's unfathomable that people are going to put up with this for much longer and that we've been so blind to this whole thing, this whole situation for so long. And this is what they're striving to do. They're just grasping tighter reins of control of all of these different facets of society. And it's it's to the point now, it's it's controlling the behaviors of men, not just economies. It starts with economies, but if you control somebody's uh, influx of money or material goods or even their food supply, things like that, their basic necessities, then you control them, lock, that's stock, and barrel, control. and that's what it's about.
3: You know what's interesting about this, though, if, if you think about a thing, so all the things about society and the manipulation of people, they pretty much been accomplished one thing after the other but you know what the Constitution still exists and they're still having presidents swear felty to uphold it to the best of their ability so it will be interesting just they have to get rid of that document officially at some point it has to get buried in a way where they, they don't have to worry about it because as you pointed out these are not governmental agencies so technically the government only has the power to do treaties but a treaty can only be done with another nation So things like the WHO or any of these places, UN, we but these are not nations. As a matter of fact, when you look at uh, the European Union, that's probably not even definable as a nation. Um, So somehow the Constitution will have to be officially buried at some point for this to be safe. I think all they have to
2: do is suspend it. I mean, from my perspective, the Constitution has been but... You know, it, it's it's an it's sort of an illusion. It's a promise that's never kept. Uh, so it gives everybody. It's sort of like to to my. I would say the analogy now is Q, right? It, but they faked the, it though. They did.
3: They, they faked like they were keeping it, even though we know they violated it openly since '33. Other people will make '1871 or something oh, like that. There like are 1871 for sure. Yeah, but yeah. the point is, is every president is still, for some reason, standing up to swear felty to it. And so well, there, that that's a problem that doesn't go away with just, I mean, it still exists. Someone could leverage that out. So that's a that's a chink in the armor.
2: I would I would, I mean, again, I would postulate that it is certainly uh, a brilliant document that outlines what what our rights are. Uh, again, I, I see that they are not certainly following it, and uh, I don't I don't know that there's a way a magic word that's going to make them. Uh, back up and, and that, yeah, and, but
3: come, uh, come on, man. They, we both know there's no magic word, but there might be 300 million magic words. That's the point I would make. But the, the point that word
2: you, is no. Right? If we could get the people to do it and we're simply waking them up, that is the challenge. And that, I think that's what we're you know trying to do here. Um, I, I see the time and I want to just kind of point out that based on what Wayne said, I mean, we may not get to it in this in the terms of the document. Again, I would uh, highly recommend that everybody that is listening tonight um, look for this document. You can find it all over the Internet uh, and read it through very thoroughly. But uh, one of the things to, to be certain is, again, to go back to the idea that the economy, controlling the economy controls the people and it controls their emotions and it controls what they do. Um, But beyond that, um, this clearly states out that the flywheel for the economy is war. Uh, War has inherent waste both in terms of financial, uh, emotional, and certainly human resources. It throws people into uh, cannon fodder. Uh, And when people, um, the the, the sons of mothers and fathers die, uh, it it breaks them emotionally and it creates uh, confusion and chaos. Uh, But it also creates inherent waste and and it um, drives the economy. This is the number one uh, flywheel. Uh, throughout our nation's history, and, and certainly in the United States, is that our entire entire economy uh, has relied uh, on war since 19. Well, s- since the Second World War, certainly, uh, whether or not we've been an official state of war, which hasn't happened since, uh, that is the flywheel. And it's yeah, specific- but
3: but again, what we're talking about here, Baldini, is pretend. It's the this this brings us back to when is lie not a lie? A lie is not a lie when it's acting. Well, that's not true, but that's what's accepted is true. That's what's passed around in that community is true. But on the face of it, it's provably not true. A lie is a lie and a lie will always be a lie. And the things you're pointing out are things we fake like we're doing, like we're fake, like we're going to war without ever declaring it. People are still dying, right? I mean, that's to be. That's really not the point at the base of it, though, from my point of view, because if people got fed up enough. There is, in fact, a foundation there that could be demanded back. But you make a very valid point. Ten of us screaming ain't going to do it. A hundred thousand of us doing it probably won't do it. But if everyone got fed up or most of everyone, they'd have a serious problem. Well, I'm with you you all day long on that. You can't can't deny that Trump just swore fealty to the Constitution or anyone before him, which means they recognize it. It's a bit like putting a Bible in a courtroom, right? It's a bit like that.
2: Well, I mean, here's again, here's where I'm coming from is that we it, there, there is to a degree, uh, you know, I mean, based on the limbic system, people perceive the world in the way that they already believe they're predisposed. And in fact, they will change the incoming uh, data uh, to match what it is and comport with what it is they already believe. Uh, so they, they will ac- actually experience it differently. So those, for example, who believe that uh, they're on a spinning space rock, they can get in a plane and believe that they saw the curvature of the Earth. Right. So um, to a degree, by, it manifests itself, at least in, in their own reality. Uh, so uh, to, to a degree, again, that that's what I think we are up against right now is to get a number of people to wake up to where we can hit the tipping point where they say enough is enough. Uh, and, and this is uh, this latest situation right now. I, I've tried to point out is it's kind of the uh, maybe the silver lining is, again, it gives people some opportunity to. To back up and, and give a moment uh, to consider things, because w- one of the things, again, uh, plainly pointed out in this document, is that in order to create chaos, they keep people so busy they don't have time to look. And in the awakening study that uh, I'm doing, one of the key elements is that people have the time uh, to to take a look at these things and to research them and consider them. Uh, and so, with a number of people having to stop and pause again, it presents an opportunity as bad as things are out there. Uh, there is a possibility, uh, that, that we could use it to our advantage. And so, um, again, I think that's what we're all trying to do here is to spread enough, uh, truth, uh, to get people to wake up so that there are enough people to say, no, we do not consent.
3: You know, my, my main point, I guess, is if you're a werewolf, pretty sure you don't want any silver bullets in the room. If you're a vampire, you're not going to hang out around wooden stakes. And to me, that document is the silver bullet. It is the wooden stake, or it could be. Um, the likelihood of it being used, I'm with you, slim, so slim. But the point is, is if you're going to dot all these I's and cross all these T's and slash all these DMQs for a couple hundred years setting this up, are you really going to leave a wooden stake and a silver bullet laying around? I, I, I would just su- suggest that it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Um, because from my point of view, there has to be some official move to do away with it once and for all.
2: Perhaps uh, I, I would, I just I would
3: think, concur too.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that if they say that it's suspended for um, reasons of national security, uh, again, unless we say no, they'll just do it. And I mean, they kind of have already uh, by creating these lockdowns, right? And and the latest I've seen the news reports call uh, called the Constitution a culture.
3: Right. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh,
2: so when they're uh, changing the wording like that and then creating this new uh, interpretation of words, as they do uh, again, as again, is pointed out uh, very clearly in this document over and over is that they they must have consent. If we say no. Uh, that's the end of the game. If we all stand up and say no, game over. Uh, but what everything that they do is to manufacture consent. And in that regard, um, they've done an excellent job. And of course, they're using everything from you know magic spells, as we've talked about, to, to full-spectrum programming, uh, to, to subliminal programming, and every tool of the book, you know, power of suggestion, everything that they can uh, to, to gain that consent. And for most people, and for many people, it's broader than the, the standard Pareto distribution. It, it is very effective uh, because they're using all sorts of things including peer pressure uh, and that sort of stuff but again the the better job that we do at waking people up uh and at least casting aspersions and doubt on the on the the official narrative uh the better chance we have of getting people to say no i do not consent because when we say no uh game over
3: well here i'll tell you what guys i gotta get up early to get 215 out the door Uh, i'm gonna bow out wayne jason baldini everyone in the chat have a good night um, and do a I'll quick head, head, uh,
0: mention on what we're releasing tomorrow, Crow?
3: Uh, tomorrow we're going to have the director of the Walter Russell Museum, Matt Presti, is coming on. And if you've understood half of what's been laid down here today, you'll see why Walter Russell's work is so important. He's basically telling you what the people who are running the economy as an electrical circuit knew. And he knew it way back in the 30s. Uh, the man has claimed to have spent 39 days in illumination which is the equivalent of a glimpse of heaven for a Christian or becoming enlightened from an Eastern religion. He wrote a book called The Universal One that has been edited exactly zero times since the time he wrote it after being in Illumination. That's what's coming out tomorrow. Big ideas, by the way, we're going to follow with the chief science officer of the Walter Russell Museum probably in a couple, two, three weeks. Anyhow, guys, have a good night, and good night, everyone, in the chat.
1: Good night, Crow. Talk to you tomorrow, man. Good night, Crow have a good night all right i think yes we walter should,
0: uh, russell walter russell good stuff man I'm yes w- i'm gonna be working on that good stuff not <clears> to be
1: confused way. with not to be confused with the uh, adult wisney corporation
0: so
1: <laughs> don't don't get those two confused
0: <laughs> so let's jump down to economic shock testing because i think we just saw some examples of that if i'm not mistaken in recent times the application of operations research to the study of the public economy has been obvious for anyone who understands the principles of shock
2: testing. In the Do you want to back up to break to the breakthrough section to explain that shock testing better than I did. I mean, it's got it it, they, goes, they
0: go into a little bit here, and there's so much there, and we okay. don't have a lot of time left.
2: Gotcha. Okay. And so the just shock, testing, what about shock testing, shock <laughs> testing, and how it works. Okay, now go ahead.
0: In the shock testing of an aircraft airframe, the recoil impulse of firing a gun mounted on that airframe causes shock waves in that structure, which tell aviation engineers the conditions under which some parts of the airplane, or the whole airplane, or its wings, will start to vibrate or flutter, like a guitar string, a flute reed, or a tuning fork, and disintegrate or fall apart in flight. And it's quite interesting that all the things they mentioned there uh, were all musical frequency intonation kind of things. These, These guys don't miss much. Economic engineers achieve the same result in studying the behavior of the economy and the consumer public by carefully selecting a staple commodity such as beef, coffee, gasoline, or sugar. And then causing a sudden change or shock in its price or availability, thus kicking everyone, everybody's budget and buying habits out of shape. I think uh, one example anybody who's a little older might know is the Great Gas Crisis, the two of them that happened in the 1970s. Big, 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 big example of that. <laughs> now we
2: have toilet paper. They're, they're using butt wipes.
0: Right. They then observe the shock waves which result by monitoring the changes in advertising, prices, and sales of that and other commodities. The objective of such studies is to acquire the know how to set the public economy into a predictable state of motion or change, even a controlled self destructive state of motion, which will convince the public that certain expert, quote-unquote, people should take control of the money system and re-establish security rather than liberty and justice for all. When the subject citizens are rendered unable to control their financial affairs, they, of course, become totally enslaved, a source of cheap labor. Not only the prices of commodities but also the availability of labor can be used as the means of shock testing. Labor strikes deliver excellent tests, shocks to an economy, especially in the critical service areas of trucking or transportation, communication, and public utilities, such as energy, water, and garbage collection, etc. By shock testing, it is found that there is a direct relationship between the availability of money flowing in an economy and the real psychological outlook and response of masses of people dependent upon that availability. For example, there is a measurable, quantitative relationship between the price of gasoline and the probability that a person would experience a headache, feel a need to watch a violent movie, smoke a cigarette, or go to a tavern for a mug of beer. It is most interesting that, by observing and measuring the economic models by which the public tries to run from their problems and escape from reality, and by applying the mathematical theory of operations research, it is possible to program computers to predict the most probable combination of created events or shocks, which will bring about a complete control and subjugation of the public through a subversion of the public economy by shaking the plum tree.
1: Do you think they and just did that in the past six weeks? Something very Yep, might I interject something very important that's going on in front of our eyes right now? What they're trying to do right now is create an artificial food shortage. And they're yep. doing so by yeah, shutting artificial. down these meat processing Stress plants. First that. of all. And second of all, if you if you watch what's been going on, farmers have been being forced to dump out their milk. And destroy livestock and stuff like that. There's no shortage of food. I mean, there's abundance of food. It's just they're being forced
2: uh, wow. by financial means, everything, yep,
1: to, to yeah, to, to do this stuff.
2: And they're blaming and it on an And you see them transportation, right, as an artificial right. means, uh, artificially. Um, it is again, uh, it's criminal uh, in every sense of the uh, of the imagination. It truly is. And uh, it truly uh, oh. is. I'd like to and ju- this is go ahead. Good no, go ahead, Wayne, because I want to bounce from where um, where uh, Jason was reading to to this other section here, um, w- which really uh, puts a, a fine point on it. So go ahead and, and uh, finish your thought.
1: Okay. Uh, well, what I was saying is, uh they're, they're trying to create this artificial food shortage because this is the shock test that they're going to use right now to try to bring everybody into compliance. So watch. The next couple weeks are crucial as it comes to this because there's no shortage of food supply. OK, there's no shortage of it. But what they're doing is they're creating an artificial scarcity of it by destroying excess product because there's no overabundance of it. So rather than actually producing it and sending it out to market and bringing the prices down, they're creating this artificial scarcity, which is so in key with what they need for the model that they're doing right now with this. So this is what they're doing. They're creating the artificial scarcity. And uh, they're also decimating this this labor force to uh, actually manufacture the goods and bring the goods to market as well to create this scarcity. And uh, this, this will actually bring people to their knees. I mean, if you can't get food you're in big trouble. And we're, we're basically a a very, uh, uh, you know, we're as far as society goes, there's not many people that know how to grow their own food or anything anymore. We're not self-sufficient in that way. So if you're a consumer society, you're going to have a major problem when they do this. And this is, this is like one of the ultimate shock tests that they're doing right now. And we're watching it in live time. So we need to speak up and, uh, Shut this thing down. I think it's actually a good thing. I know people are criticizing Trump for this, but he wants to keep these meat processing plants open through this. And uh, I I mean, and there's a whole separate agenda that goes with this. And, uh, you know, if Crow was still here, I wanted to discuss this with him maybe at a future time. But I think this goes back once again to the whole push for the veganism thing. Uh, Once again, everything going on with this meat processing thing. And uh, the meat shortage that they're saying is coming because uh, I just happened to have the TV on earlier today, and there was a news story there talking about oh, you know, expect, you know, maybe you're going to see. Uh, meat disappearing off the shelves in the store within the next week or so. Here's some vegetarian recipes where you could get your protein, and, and <laughs> it had it was a whole segment where they went through and they were cooking beans and stuff and showing you, you know, this here's you can make this peanut butter sauce and this kind of thing, and that really hit me hard. I thought, it okay, can. here it comes. This is this is the whole meat eater versus vegetarian thing again. Uh, this is once again drawing analogies to the Cain and Abel story and well, this whole dichotomy between and that.
2: In, in and, addition there you know, it never ends. Yeah. In addition, they're uh, touting, and this is uh, exactly the time that they're doing it. They're touting the lab-grown meats, uh, and there were a few articles already coming out that some of the lab-grown meats that they're using now, and again, this is just um, they they take in clone cells and turn it into you know lab Franken meats. Uh, but but some of them that they're using now uh, are actually uh, human tissue that that come from celebrities. So you can eat your favorite star. What? Uh, and so, I saw that. Not That's, d- that's
1: uh, disturbing. In so a extent. Hanksburger. I saw that. Ew.
2: So here you get uh, Soylent Green, but you can eat Lady Gaga. Uh, so when they say "bite me," um, I guess they they mean it. So so getting back to the idea of just cloned that way, yeah, force yeah, exactly force cannibalism. Uh, so. Um, I did want to get get this little section in here with the, the shock test uh, and especially the way this wraps up. Now, consider again, keep in mind that this document came out in, in 1976 and uh, they had to um, explain a few things here, but uh, the, the shock application of shock testing in economics and again, this is back to the document uh, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars uh, to use this method of airframe shock testing in economic engineering uh, the prices of commodities are shocked and the, the public consumer reaction is monitored. Again, that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, the resulting echoes of the economic shock are the, then interpreted theoretically by computers and the psychoeconomic structure of the economy is thus discovered. It's by this process that the partial differential and difference price matrices are discovered that define the family household and make possible its evaluation as an economic industry or dissipative consumer structure. Uh, then the response of the household to the future shocks could be predicted and manipulated, and society becomes a well-regulated animal with its reins under uh, tightly under the control of a sophisticated computer-regulated social energy bookkeeping system uh, and again this is what we would talk about a cybernetic feedback loop now listen closely to this entire paragraph eventually every individual element of the structure comes under computer control through a knowledge of personal preferences Keep in mind, this is 1976, guys. Such knowledge guaranteed by Computer Association of Consumer Preferences, Universal Product Code, and again, they have to explain it here, UPC, Zebra Striped Pricing Codes on Packages, with identified consumers, identified via association with the use of a credit card, and later a permanent tattooed body number invisible under normal ambient illumination. They're already talking about a tattoo uh, on your body or now an RFID chip. 1976
0: right well there you go let's jump down to introduction to economic amplifiers because this is also very much seen today economic amplifiers are the active components of economic engineering the basic characteristic of any amplifier whether it be mechanical electrical or economic is that it, it receives an input control signal and delivers energy from an independent energy source to a specified output terminal in a predictable relationship to that input control signal. The simplest form of an economic amplifier is a device called, anyone know? Advertising. Bering. Ber- Bernays was really good at advertising. Thank you. Bernays. If a person is spoken to by a TV advertiser as if he were a 12 year old, then, due to suggestibility, he will, with certain, with a certain probability, respond or react to that suggestion with the uncritical response of a 12-year-old and will reach into his or her economic reservoir and deliver its energy to buy that product on impulse when they pass the store. Yeah. And... Just think about how much you're bombarded just looking at any freaking website these days. I've literally had to teach myself to tune it out. There's so much bullshit on it nowadays. There's more bullshit than article or whatever it is you happen to be looking at. So an economic amplifier, I'm
2: sorry, fertilizer, fertilizer, yeah,
0: an economic amplifier may have several inputs and output. Its response might be instantaneous or delayed. Its circuit symbol might be a rotary switch if its options are exclusive qualitative, go or no go, or it might have its parametric input-output relationships specified by a matrix with internal energy sources represented. Whatever its form might be, its purpose is to govern the flow of energy from a source to an output sink in direct relationship to an input control signal. For this reason, it is called an active circuit element or component. Electronic amplifiers fall into classes called strategies, and in comparison with electronic amplifiers, the specific internal functions of an economic amplifier are called logistical instead of electrical. Therefore, economic amplifiers not only deliver power power gain, but also in effect are used to cause changes in the economic circuitry. All right. If you guys want to discuss that for a moment, there was We're running out of time. There's something I really want to get to in this document. I'm going to get the list of
2: inputs. I'm sorry, the list of inputs.
0: Well, you can you can go through that if you would like. There's a section towards the end. I want to really get to before we go over time here.
2: I'd like to blow through that list of inputs really quickly just so you can can understand and put this into context Um, so again what they're talking about um, in the previous um, couple of paragraphs they're talking about uh, economic amplifiers uh, drive power gain and so uh, you need to amplify the signal and so part of that is determined by the available input signals and the desired output but the short list of inputs and this is again keep in mind the context of when this was done uh, again apparently written in 1976 79 I think it is actually I'm sorry, 79, yeah. The questions to be answered, um, uh, what, where... Uh, Why, when, how, and who? That's pretty basic. General sources of information, telephone taps, analysis of garbage, surveillance, behavior of children in school, the standard of living by food, shelter, clothing, transportation, their social contacts, including telephone, itemized record of calls, family marriage certificates, birth certificates, and so forth, friends and associations, membership in organizations, and your political affiliation, a personal paper trail, which would now be your electronic footprint, your buying habits, personal consumer preferences, checking accounts, credit card purchases, tagged credit card purchases. Purchases and that includes UPC. And again, at the time this was out, uh, barely 15 percent of anything uh, had a UPC code on it. Your assets, including your savings and checking accounts, real estate, business, automotive, etc. Liabilities, loans, government sources, welfare grants, social security, that sort of thing. Um, principal deploy citizen will almost always make a collection of information easy if they operate on the free sandwich principle: uh, eat now, yeah. pay later. And again, uh, this is in part why you've been asked to sign up for um, shop club at a grocery store right you get a discount if you sign up for their their club and some of the sometimes it's 50% I mean it, you almost can't shop without joining these things but again yeah. what this does is it gives them access to all of your purchasing habits and and by again uh, it requires your uh, commitment and your acceptance of it right you you, you consent. And so they must rule by consent. Uh, but again, they take these habit patterns and now they go into programming. So strengths and weaknesses like activities, sports, hobbies, psychiatric records, um, whether you're susceptible to hypnosis. Again, they specifically outline this. Your methods of coping, of adapt- adaptability, behavior, consumption of alcohol, drugs, entertainment, religious factors, um, payment modus operandi. What do you pay on time? What are your energy purchases, water purchases? Again, these are all the input variables that they're looking for. Uh, and, and again, this was back then this is well before they had all the input data that they have now and uh, they they were able to create uh, really solid models just with paper trails and now it's all electronic so just keep in mind um this specifically outlines uh their entire plan it's, it's a it's an overview uh, but with some actually nuts and bolts so again this is called silent weapons for quiet wars uh highly recommended reading go ahead Jason.
0: i want to get down to uh, page 35 if anybody's following along here but all right, so the personal paper trail that you just mentioned, just all of these things that are listed in this document, I'm not going to go reading through all this stuff, but if you get this thing, and it's a free PDF, you can find it easily enough, Rose has uh, linked to it a bunch of times in the chat room, you'll see that they, they just make little files about everybody, and they know what's going on. But let me jump down to page 35 here, it's called the Table of Strategies. And on the left-hand side, it says, do this. And on the right side, it says, to get this. This is about as simplistic as you yeah. can get for these controllers. Well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, okay, do this, here you go. Okay, so here's their their little their little list. Keep the public in, you do this, you keep the public ignorant. To get this, less public organization. So I'm not gonna break it down for you, but I think you can easily apply that to the current situation. Next, maintain Access to control, prices, and points for feedback. Required reaction to outputs and sales. Next, create preoccupation. This lowers defenses. Attack the family unit young. Control of the education. Give less cash and more data, credit cards, and dolls. This leads to more self-indulgence and... Well, that's something they went into in great detail here that that we we kind of glossed over, but they really made a big deal about how credit and and loans and all that kind of thing led to massive self indulgence, especially at, at what they're calling the lowest class of people.
2: Next, uh, that's self control, right? That you don't have the self control, right? People and they're all, saying you're all, no better than animals. I, I, and I'll pay later.
0: if we throw this at you, you'll take it and run with it and do exactly what you want. But then we've got you in debt slavery, so and that's that's the basic premise here. Attack the privacy of the church. Destroy faith in this sort of government. Social conformity leads to computer programming simplicity. I think that's what we've been seeing playing out here.
2: Yeah, they're wearing
0: a mask. They're conforming. They got it. They're complying. Minimize the tax protest. Maximize economic data. Minimum enforcement problems. Hmm. Stabilize the consent. Simplicity coefficients. Tighten control of variables. Simpler computer input data. Greater predictability. Establish boundary conditions. Problem simplicity solutions of differential and difference equations. Proper timing. Less data shift and blurring. Maximize control minimum minimum resistance to that control and collapse of currency destroy the faith of the american people in each other so what does this lead up to diversion the primary strategy do you guys have anything you want to break down on what we just did though
2: I think this is. Uh, I think that's self-explanatory. And this is the, this is the big one. Diversion is the primary strategy. Right. To keep you so busy, so distracted, uh, so uh, focused on stupid things. Uh, Tiger King, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know uh, <laughs> that that sort of stuff, right? So watch t- the man with the mullet. About- Exactly. Uh, Talking about nonsense. Uh, So whether it's Game of Thrones or uh, whether it's Tiger King or whatever, uh, or politics, right? Just WWE wrestling with a different kind of suit. uh, That's how they get you. You You don't have any time to think about it. So diversion, the primary strategy. Let's get
0: through this before we call it a night. Experience has prevent that the simplest method of securing a silent weapon and gaining control of the public is to keep the public undisciplined and ignorant of the basic system principles on the one hand while keeping them confused, disorganized, and distracted with matters of no real importance on the other hand. Hey, did you see the game last
2: night? Sports ball! Oh, that's sports ball. Yeah, exactly.
4: Hooray!
1: Sports ball! And this it's, it's is called Con- cybernetics, folks. Con- the <laughs> name of this science is called cybernetics.
2: Tom Brady went to, to Tampa Bay, man. This is exciting.
0: So this is achieved by disengaging their minds, sabotaging their mental activities, providing a low-quality program of public education in mathematics, logic, systems design, and economics, and discouraging technical creativity
2: or even understanding.
0: Yeah. yeah. Engaging their emotions, increasing their self indulgence and their indulgence in emotional and physical physical activities by unrelenting emotional affrontations and attacks, mental and emotional rape by way of constant barrage of sex, violence and wars in the media, especially television and the newspapers today. Of course we would add in the internet, giving them and social media specifically giving them what they desire in excess junk food for thought and depriving them of what they really need oh in this last one this is great rewriting history and no. law and subjecting the public to the deviant creation thus being able to shift their thinking from personal needs to highly fabricated outside priorities. These preclude their interest in and discovery of the silent weapons of social automation technology. The general rule is that there is a profit in confusion. The more confusion, the more profit. Therefore, the best approach is to create problems and then offer solutions. Does that sound familiar to anyone?
2: Yes, and don't forget, uh, please, please do include the diversion summary. Yep, uh, we're going to get there in a moment. Because this is so important, just so important. Yep.
0: Oh, Wendell Strong, thanks for the super chat. Do you think Venus is self-illuminating? I am probably not the best person to answer that, but I will certainly ask Crow for you. Do either of you gentlemen want to make a comment on that?
2: I'm going to say they're all luminaries, so to some degree, yes.
0: Right. Wayne, anything you want to add there?
1: Uh, the simple answer is I don't know. <laughs> so That's you great. know, it, it's it's one of those things. It's very subjective. Uh, it looks to me like it's self lit. It you know it it just doesn't make sense to me that the stars that we see up there are supposedly self illuminated, but uh, these planets that we can see up there that look pretty much exactly the same to the naked eye as the stars are not. It's a reflection. I don't know. It doesn't make sense in a you know logical capacity, but. I don't know.
0: All right. So let's get to the diversion summary. In media, keep the adult public attention diverted away from the real social issues and captivated by matters of no real importance. And to lay, today with celebrities, blah, blah, blah. There you go. Schools, keep the young public ignorant of real mathematics, real economics, real law, and real history. In entertainment, Keep the public entertainment below a sixth grade level. Work. I
2: think we can easily demonstrate that.
0: Easily, easily. And work, this is one I've thought about many, many times. Keep the public busy, busy, busy with no time to think. Back on the farm with the other animals. And they just, they make it enough so that everyone has to work nowadays. If you want to have even a decent house, unless you have a very high paying job, you have both parents or or whatever, you, you know, you've got going on in your family situation working these days, which leads to another one of their things that the state's going to step in and take care of the children. So this is a win-win for them. They've destroyed the economy enough that the, the classical old school nuclear family where the dad goes to work can afford the nice house with the white picket fence and they can have a car and they can go on vacations. And the mom is the homemaker. Um, Those weren't bad things, folks. I know that that a lot of this destructive feminism convinced people that that's shit, but it's not shit. That doesn't mean everyone has to conform to every norm, but that was not a bad situation. Everyone should be free to do what they want, of course, and I I would never say no. All right, gentlemen, um, you want to go into consent, the primary victory, or is everyone
2: getting tired? I think that that is... um is probably uh, all you need to say is consent is the primary victory. And they get consent, uh, again, they, they've got what they need. Uh, but when you don't consent, game over. Uh, and for us, the goal is to get enough people to pick up to say, we do not consent.
0: Well, let's read this first paragraph, and we can call it there. So for consent, the primary victory, a silent weapon system operates upon data obtained from a docile public by legal, but not always lawful, force, much information is made available to silent weapon systems programmers through the Internal Revenue Service or the IRS. How about those apples,
2: ladies and gentlemen? Well, there you go. All right. Uh, I, so, if you haven't if you haven't read this document for yourself, uh, we skipped over uh, quite a bit of it, uh, but it, it outlines uh, very clearly. What their goals are, and again, this goes back uh, many decades now, uh, and uh, clearly states that this is actually the 25th anniversary uh, of their original uh, of their original ideas. Uh, so they had much time to, to create a number of victories. Uh, keep in mind at the glacial pace at which this this goes. And again, to me, it precludes the idea uh, of um, just. Regular humans, regardless of of how smart they are, uh, when you combine all the things that we see uh, with uh, the use of gematria, numerology, all the things that happen that seem so, so tied in. It does seem as though there is a uh, some sort of you want to say external force driving this, and and people uh, are simply themselves consenting uh, to be puppets uh, in the game. Uh, as long as they get some temporal power and control, uh, they get what they want out of it. Uh, that seems to me to be the case here. But um, uh, again, I'm, I'm with Wayne with most of it. Going, I don't really know for sure. Th- these are just um, hypotheticals that seem, uh, with a preponderance of evidence, to seem the most likely scenario from my perspective.
1: Yeah, just in, in closing, with all of this, what you have to remember is uh, they they need your consent uh, in order to achieve all of these things, and they view your consent as uh, you know you lacking your lack of speaking out against this or speaking up against this. So if you're, you're just one of those people that's just going to go along to get along or, you know, just because it's convenient or whatever, if you're one of those people that's going in the grocery store and you just throw on the mask just because you don't want to make a stink, you just want to get in there and get your food and get out, uh, it, that's compliance in their view. That's that's your consent. I mean, that's the thing, because even though you don't like it, you're not actively doing anything to speak out against. Silence it. is passive they, Yes. Right. Silence is your tacit consent to this. And this is a principle that I call metaphysical consent. This is what they do all the time with all this different stuff. They view your lack of speaking out against it as your consent to it. So if you don't say nothing about it and just go along to get along, then uh, that's your consent and they'll roll right over you. They'll steamroll right over you. And uh, we can see just the amount of ridiculousness that, that this has gotten to already. I mean, Here where I'm at in Pennsylvania, the governor put out an executive order that says everybody has to wear a mask out in public. I don't know how many people I saw driving around today in their cars by themselves with a mask on. I mean, come on. Let's get real here. Uh, That's just the height of just stupid compliance. I got to say it. It's stupid compliance. Why are you in a car by yourself, nobody else with you, and you're wearing a mask? It's psychological.
2: You're you're telling telegraphically it. you're you're a good sheeple citizen
1: right and then you start to factor in things that are coming in the near future here like a social credit score and uh you know this this is something that's that's going to be just a dystopian kind of place i don't want to be in so i'm gonna speak out against it and be loud and vociferous about it and i don't care if you know people want to think i'm I'm an evil person for that. Let them think that. I don't care. Somebody's got to speak up and say something because this is just not not going to fly. This is not the future I want for my children. I don't want to have to have them, you know, afraid to leave the house that the, you know they're not going to be able to go anywhere without their their travel papers or you know, putting on their mask or this kind of thing. And like we've said earlier, this stuff's not going away, folks. They rolled it out. People have largely complied with it, all because of an invisible threat that may or may not exist. It's The whole foundation of this whole thing is fraudulent. It's fraudulent. Let, let's face it. They, they never, first of all, proved properly uh, through uh, the, the science, the scientific method that they love so much. They never truly proved that, first of all, that this virus even first of all, exists in the way they explain that it does, and second of all, that it's the thing that's making people sick. They've never established that scientifically. It's all based on fraud. It's a lie. Uh, there's a great article out today by, uh, what what is that gentleman's name? I could picture it, John Rappaport. Mm-hmm. He just put out this great article today that just very succinctly and quickly explains why it's fraud. And it's perfect. And, and our friend Dr. Andrew Kaufman has been speaking about this, too. And he's, you know, really put out a great argument about this. So even if you accept this whole viral theory, it hasn't been proven. It, it has not been proven by the very standards that they put in place and supposedly tested it for. It has not been proven. So this is not science. This is this is scientism. This is, on the face of it, scientism, and this whole thing is is based on fraud.
3: When and it what, comes down what, to
1: it, I what, just can't. I there. cannot be silent about this anymore. It's all based on fraud. People are running around scared, wearing a face mask, and every.
0: Oh, do we lose Wayne?
1: Baldini.
2: Well, I, yeah, I, I'm still here. But uh, and more, moreover, while we wait, wait for w- Wayne to to rejoin, uh, there. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know they they censor any dissenting narrative. So Dr. Kaufman, uh, a couple of epidemiologists from uh, from Kern County who, who were uh, saying some things. So so when they began to openly censor uh, any dissenting views, uh, again, keep in mind that uh, truth fears uh, no, no scrutiny or, or discovery. Uh, in fact, it it rather uh, enjoys being out in the light. Can
1: so. you hear me? Oh, you we hear, hear you hear now. That. Yeah, you got cut off like in mid-sentence there, dude. Wow. That that was creepy. Like, I, I just totally got cut off for no apparent reason whatsoever. Well, I dropped
0: you to, to reconnect to see if that was the problem.
1: Yeah, I don't know what had happened there. That's weird. My connection on my end seems fine. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well,
2: big surprise hey, was there, that, dude. What was that new update from, from Bill Gates you got? Right I've got a new update
0: for everybody. <laughs> just roll up your sleeves. Yeah, it
1: might be. Might just be that. I don't
0: know. All right. Anybody want to give some uh, final thoughts here before we sign off for the night?
2: Wayne, you go. Uh,
1: just don't be afraid, folks. I mean, by and large, there's nothing out there to really be afraid of. In you know, to the extent that they they want you to be afraid of. And and second of all, let's not be compliant to tyranny. Uh, let's learn our our lesson from what little of the historical record we could look back at and accurately be able to assess. It's a road we don't want to go down. I, I don't want to live under authoritarianism. It's just not the place for me. So, I, I mean, you know, I'm sure I speak for everybody. Nobody wants to live under that kind of uh, fear or threat. You know what I mean? It's It's not... It's not a future that we want for our children. It's not a future we want for our country, and we need to just speak up and just not tolerate the nonsense anymore. Because most of it's nonsense when it comes down to it, and they're they're just you know giving us all these ridiculous demands, and everybody's just kowtowing to it, and it's not going away. That's the problem. Like the, these, this whole thing out in public wearing masks, all of these different measures that they've put in place, it's not going away, and they keep egging you on oh well we'll see we'll give it two weeks and then we'll start easing back restrictions and then those two weeks come up oh it's going to be another two weeks and they keep going and going and going and it's 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 not going away because they're handling this situation completely wrong even if you agree with the mainstream narrative of it but the point being is we we need to speak up and say no take away your consent from their system and their system crumbles
2: yeah, they they are clearly telling you that uh, this is the new normal. As Wayne says, it's not going away. They're, they're telling you this is the new normal. They're they trying to uh, open that uh, Overton window yet again, even wider. Uh, from my perspective, I would say, uh, uh, as I've said before, uh, for everyone, I would strongly encourage everyone to determine for themselves where that place is, what the threshold is, where they're going to say no uh, and, and come to that place in their mind now. So when they get there, they don't have to think about it, that they know where that place is, that they do not consent. Uh, and, and I would also strongly encourage, uh, as I see more and more people, uh, one of the things in the uh, the, the the cybernetic feedback loop and, and what we see being driven in the media is a continued uh, amplification of emotion and polarization between sides. Uh, and i would strongly encourage uh, earlier the question was asked if you ever got into a physical conflict and we all said no of course not but but there have been words and usually this is started by the other side um, but but i would strongly encourage to keep in mind that those uh, th- those who are still asleep uh, although they may be uh, your outspoken enemy at this point that that is their view uh, and we are not uh, enemies of, of them they they are deceived uh, and even repeating a lie for most people they they Believe they're sincere, but sincerely mistaken. Most of them. Uh, so keep in mind uh, that harshing them or or calling them names. I mean we do sometimes use the term normie or uh, i sometimes will say you know the wool wearing folks or they wear the wool pantsuit um, but that's an identifier um, there, there is uh, i think you know a certain level of epithet there that we we kind of uh, a little bit mock them as we talk to each other but especially as you talk to them uh, i think that the best course of action is to show them compassion uh, and, and be kind to to one another uh, it, it does from my perspective uh, responding and acting from a place of love, breaks their system, uh, and that's not what they uh, expect or, or want to see. And so we're doing the opposite uh, than, than what they want, which is uh, when we do not respond out of uh, hatred, anger, amplified emotion, uh, but then we respond in a carefully um, considered, uh, method, and 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 with compassion and care for, for other living beings, I think we stand a better chance uh, of awakening people till we get to the tipping point, and then when more and more of us say, no, we do not consent, That that's our opportunity.
0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna bring, it, bring us to a close this evening, but as you can see in why we broke down this document, uh, they've had this stuff in mind for a very, very long time, and this really just lays it out plain and clear the technology may have moved along since this thing was supposedly written in 1990 or excuse me 1979 but it's obvious that they knew what they were doing and the technology just helped them do it even more so that's going to do it for us i bid everyone a great night hopefully you join us for the new episode of crow triple seven radio tomorrow and have a great night everyone Mm
4: see you